We talked about this a bit yesterday. We're going to dig into it a little deeper today once again. Um, The Liberals unveiled their full party platform yesterday, and the cost of implementing it is enormous. It is huge. Uh, But don't be fooled into thinking that really any of the big three parties are doing all that much differently. The NDP and the Conservatives have both announced plans to spend billions and billions of additional dollars if elected. None of them really talking about fiscal responsibility in this election. The national debt forecasted to hit $1.6 trillion. Canada's deficit has grown faster than any other developed nation during this pandemic. Um, And we're not hearing a lot of talk about how to repay it. To be fair, the Conservatives have said um, they will return to balanced budgets in 10 years. That's the only mention of balanced budgets among the big three. Um, but we don't know the full cost of their platform yet or the NDP's platform yet. That's still going through the Parliamentary Budget Office. Uh, we'll get a full breakdown of what it would cost to bring in their plans. But rest assured, it's billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars that we don't have. So let's talk a bit about that with Dr. Livio DiMatteo, who is a professor of economics at Lakehead University. Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Shay. Good morning. It's kind of interesting, you know, when you take a look at what's going on during this campaign, it would seem that, you know, the three parties that really have a legitimate shot at forming government have completely abandoned all fiscal restraint this time around, and there's not a whole lot to differentiate between any of them, is there? No, they they do seem to be um, somewhat uh, not really preoccupied with the public finances going forward. Um, essentially, if you look at the uh, current governing uh, party, uh, their own budget uh, basically forecasts deficits uh, well into the future. I mean, spending will decline after the COVID bump over the next couple of years based on the spring 2021 budget. But by around, you know, 2025, you're still looking at a $25, 26000000000 billion deficit. And by the time all the COVID spending has worked its way through, uh, you're looking at a net debt of uh, uh, $1.5 trillion. Um, the new, the two opposition parties are the two main ones that uh, are running against them. Uh, one plans to balance the budget within 10 years. Um, I mean, can that happen? And the answer is both yes and no. I mean, that's, a, I suppose, a typical economist's answer. I mean, theoretically, it, it could happen. I, I mean, uh, once you get to about 2025 and you have that COVID bump out of the uh, spending system, if revenues grow at historic rates of about 4% and spending only grows at about 3%, um, you could expect to balance the budget uh, a few years thereafter, but uh, even the party that's proposed that, uh, they want to increase health transfers at 6% a year. So if something is going up 6% a year and you need to only increase total spending by 3% a year, something else is going to either have to be reduced or grow at a a much lower rate, and that hasn't been fully explained. So it's not that it's not possible. Right, yeah. But it's, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on, including the, the slowing economy. And then the other main opposition party, um, they, they do have an awful lot of spending plans, and they are also not concerned, uh, really, about uh, uh, the size of the deficit. And, you know, all three parties, in a sense, are banking on low interest rates. I mean, as long as low interest rates stay where they are, um, you know, um, it, it's not so much the total size of the debt per se, but 
the size of the debt relative to your ability to support it or, or the, the right, country's yeah. output GDP. GDP. And so that's yeah. at about 50%, which isn't the highest it's ever been. I mean, it is high, but it was higher in the early 90s, and it was higher at the end of the Second World War. Uh, the difference is, at the end of the Second World War, it was well over 100%, but interest rates are really low, and the economy grew like a rocket for the next 20 years. Uh, the early 1990s, it was only at about 73% compared to over 100%, but interest rates were very high. And so the problem was that out of every federal dollar that was being spent, about 30 cents was going to uh, interest on the debt, which was squeezing out government programs and, you know, things that, you know, people actually need, uh, health, education, etc. Right now, the federal government isn't spending more than 7 or 8 cents on the dollar it spends. Uh, to service the debt, which is why, in a sense, uh, all three parties have adopted a sort of complacency uh, going forward, which, you know, as long as interest rates stay low, um, uh, things uh, might work out. But, uh, you know, if interest rates go up uh, because of rising inflation, then as the debt gets refinanced, it's going to raise the costs. And in terms of economic growth, uh, the economy seems to have slowed in the second quarter, and that was uh, before the uh, prospects of a, a fourth wave with the um, uh, with the Delta variant. And so, we our export sector has really been uh, hit fairly hard uh, because of all types of supply constraints. Uh, you know, vehicles, for example, took a large hit. So we, a lot of our exports are actually motor vehicles. And uh, because of the problems in getting, you know, parts and chips and, and things like that, um, uh, exports are down. And the other big sector that was uh, fueling GDP growth uh, over the last few years that most people, you know, probably aren't fully aware of is, is the resale of homes. Canada's hot housing market, uh, all those transactions actually fueled a big surge in, in output. And uh, home sales are down. Prices are up a lot. Uh, the number of sales are actually down now. And so that's also had an impact. So, you know, things are slowing. Uh, inflation seems to be picking up. And uh, all these uh, factors together uh, cause some uncertainty for the federal public finances. Well, yeah, clearly. Um, now, of course, all of these parties, I mean, Justin Trudeau went so far as to say, forgive me if I'm not thinking about monetary policy. I'm, I'm concerned with getting Canadians through the pandemic. It's the pandemic. It's the pandemic. Um, should we give them a pass? Are these conditions so extraordinary that it's understandable to say that costs are going to be astronomical and we just have to be okay with that? I mean, is, is that is that all the response we should expect? Well, I, I think when the pandemic hit, given the uncertainty, uh, the first six months or so uh, in terms of spending and programs were probably justified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does look like the pandemic is going to be something chronic over the next uh, few years. And we are going to have to learn to live with it, and uh, learning to live with it is also going to include uh, doing a better job of living within our means. I mean, uh, I, I don't think you can give the three parties a, a complete pass on, on, on the, the, the country's finances, uh, because in the end, um, uh, we're all going to be paying for it down the road. Well, that's the thing. So when we take a look at what's going on in the future with a national debt over, you know, one and a half trillion dollars, uh, I think the risks are pretty obvious to most of us. But um, just spell it out a bit for us in terms of where we could end up, because I know a lot of people are saying, you know, these bills will come due and we need to have an understanding of what that's going to mean to Canadian citizens when they do. 
Well, eventually, um, if the public finances become more problematic, they will either require spending cuts or tax increases or some combination thereof. Uh, I mean, you you can't borrow forever, right? Yes. Uh, even at low interest rates. So eventually, there will have to be some kind of reckoning, and um, the question is, will it become sooner or later? And so, if you know, if you don't really want to have to go through that type of pain, I mean, the last time we endured that type of fiscal pain was the 1990s. Uh, the federal government cut spending, program spending, 10 percent, and cut transfers to the provinces by one third in an effort to balance its budget. And so that was a had a major impact on, for example, health care, mm-hmm. uh, education because those transfers to the provinces also fund those programs in the provinces, and the provinces themselves uh, were also facing debt issues. So, I mean, it's not just even the federal debt. I mean, the federal debt, the GDP ratio is about 54 55%. But, you know, the provinces have substantial debt also, and if you add all the provincial debt, our debt-to-GDP ratio is well over 90% as a country. I mean, we often just focus on the one level. But, you know, Canada is one, you know, big, happy federation. And all the finances, in a sense, uh, need to be thought of together because there are like three levels of government, but there really is only one uh, taxpayer in the end that's going to fund all of this. Um, So you mentioned the debt-to-GDP ratio, and as you said, it's 50% federally, over 90% when you add in the provinces. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you take a look at other countries, and one of the things that stood out to me is, is, uh, you know, we have spent more than any other developed nation. Uh, We've taken on more debt during this pandemic. Are there other, you know, are there other jurisdictions we can look at and say, you know what, maybe this is a better plan? They're at least being conscious of of the after-effects of what they're doing? Well, well, actually, if you you look at the... uh most of the uh, uh, developed uh, industrial countries, the IMF 35, I mean, they, they've all spent an awful lot. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't think you can say anyone has really spent that much less than us. Um, in some sense, overall, we've done a bit better because we started out in a much better position. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Canada had managed to get its finances in order after the 1990s, uh, we went into the pandemic with uh, you know the lowest jet debt-to-GDP ratio federally of uh, the G7 countries. So in a sense, we had more fiscal room to maneuver. Uh, A lot of other countries uh, actually have higher debt-to-GDP ratios than we do, but they also had higher debt-to-GDP ratios going into the pandemic. You know, if you look at countries like Italy or Greece or Japan, uh, even the UK uh, was uh, higher than us going in the US. Uh, Germany was at about uh, where we were. I mean, uh, Germany has, has, has uh, emerged from this with the higher debt-to-GDP ratio, but uh, probably not that much worse than ours. So, I mean, overall, um, you, you know, if you want to compare us to other countries, we haven't done that badly yet. Right. Okay. But we're getting there. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you, if you add the provinces, we, we do tend to look a little worse. Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Yeah. It changes the picture a lot. Doctor, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, quite a bit. If you add the provinces, we you know we're, we're not that far behind the U.S., for example, or or uh, other countries. Yeah, and, and, and as you say, there's only one taxpayer. It, it's all coming out of the same pocket, so it makes sense to add them. Uh, Doc, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Shay. Have a great day. You too. That is Dr. Livio DiMatteo, who is a professor of economics at Lakehead University, and... Um, yeah, I mean, we can have that conversation, but it doesn't, it's really interesting to me because um, that seems to be something that comes up always, right, during a federal election campaign.
you always hear parties talking about a return to balanced budgets. We're going to tackle the deficit. We're going to not a whisper about that this time around. Nothing. It hasn't even appeared on the radar, as they say, which is really kind of surprising. And as you hear, there's a, a fallout to that. There is a consequence to that for sure. So um, we'll see.